Hello everyone, I'm Mark Saxford and I want to welcome you all to my new podcast called People Behind Brands, brought to you by Making Websites Better. Throughout the series, I'll be opening up my little black book of contacts where I'll be joined by an inspirational guest from the world of business, getting to the bottom of what made them so successful. In each episode, I'll be touching upon the highs and the lows that every professional has faced along the way. To never miss an episode, subscribe to our exclusive content now and follow us on our social media platforms. People Behind Brands. Life lessons from the world of business. In this episode, search marketing expert Alex Holliman joins me as we discuss Climbing Trees' post-COVID reality. As always, we delve deeper into the life lessons that have shaped him into who he is today. From the sadness of losing his late mother to providing for his young twin boys who are always keeping him on his toes. Alex also reflects on the moment he knew he had to make a positive life change and how that determination has led him to staying alcohol-free for over 20 years. The topic of personal branding is also highlighted with previous guests Ryan O'Keefe and Steve Richards having a positive effect on Alex as one of their clients. It's time to sit back and learn more about Mr. Holliman in great detail. Alex, thanks for joining us on People Behind Brands. How's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Mark. Good. Where can we find you today? Looks like you're in the office. Absolutely. In the office. I can't work from home with the twins, so. Yeah, excellent. So uh, Alex is a popular individual and a guest I've been looking forward to getting on the podcast. But unfortunately for him, he supports some football team called Norwich City, which I absolutely <laughs> dislike him too. But he more than makes up for that when he, we touch base every so often on LinkedIn for a good chat. I've known Alex for a couple of years now on the digital marketing circuit, a professional, driven and passionate businessman who leads his team of experts at Essex-based digital agency Climbing Trees, who enable online growth for a wide range of businesses. So Alex, let's Get, let's start by getting amongst it uh, and take us back to the, where it all began for you. So what's the story behind Climbing Trees? So I think prior to starting Climbing Trees, I'd always worked at media agencies. I'd worked at three of the top five media agencies in the UK, planning and buying press, radio and TV campaigns. Did that for accounts like Lloyd's, Waitrose, London Zoo. And I came out of London in 2001 to work for a startup. Yep. And that grew to a 25 million turnover business. And um it was run by a fantastic entrepreneur. I learned a whole load of stuff and I set up the online marketing division there. And then by the time I got to, it was 2010 when I started climbing trees. And at that point I was 35 and I thought I've worked for someone for my entire career. If I don't start a business now, before I settle down, before I have children, I will always work for someone else. Mm. And so I just wanted to, the initial vision that I had was I just wanted five days work for myself on a freelance basis. That was that was the plan. Within about three months, I'd, I'd worked that out. And I was just picking and choosing projects that I wanted. And I think then as time moves on and then confidence sort of builds, I probably made more considered decisions. So I started trying to build out the team. And then I think, you know, I always say that I never wanted... Um, a team, office, overhead, staff, any of that stuff. That was never part of the dream. And I think I then probably made a lot of mistakes in that regard. But then through learning through those, I've then been able to then build out the team to where we are today, work with some great clients, quite prestigious ones. Um, You know, got a superb team that deliver the work. And I think we've got a clearer sort of identity now than we ever have done. 
Yeah, definitely. I think one question that I've always kind of uh, thought about uh, in all the time that I've kind of known you is that what is what's the name behind climbing trees? What does that sort of stand for for you? So for me, so I was um, I was walking in a park with my girlfriend, and she was encouraging me to um, set up a business to work for myself and i said to her i wouldn't know what i would call it i'd call it something daft like kicking dandelions or climbing trees yeah. and so um when it came to actually starting this that's that's where it came from so there's no sort of hidden sort of esoteric meaning or anything like that it's just you know it's just and i think for me i just wanted something that was abstract that wasn't too um a lot of seo companies and search marketing businesses can be top rank or first place or high this or whatever and i just yeah. I wanted something that was a little bit abstract. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so you've been leading the Climbing Trees movement for a little more than a decade now. Uh, what would you say is Climbing Trees USP compared to those other agencies that you know offer the kind of same similar services? Yeah, I, and I, I was such when I had this question, I thought it was very straight, the Climbing Trees movement, and I'd never sort of thought of it um, in that way. But I think it was, um, I think something that I have had and learned since my teenage years working in some really large agencies about client servicing. And so it's not just delivering the work, it's then managing client expectations, it's communicating to clients. And I think we do that in an exceptional way. So we can have, every now and then we'll have a problem that will run in, a client, sorry, that will run into a problem where, I don't know, their website might start dipping down in terms of traffic and that kind of thing what we would do is then manage that situation where we communicate it very, very clearly to the client, which yeah. is, it was a nervous thing. So you've, you know, going into a meeting thinking, well, I'm going to present your 20% down the year on the year. You think it's a bad way, but you think it's a bad sort of situation. But I think for us, we try and present that as the problem. We then bring to life what's gone on, why we think it is going on, and then what we're going to do about it. And very often we leave those meetings where the client actually trusts us more as a result of that initial issue. Mm. And they have confidence that they're going to deliver on the plan rather than trying to hide away from it. So I think that client servicing is something where, you know, whether it's a bad example like that or whether it's managing like results, like we've just picked up the Greenpeace account and we know in the first three months we've got their conversions up by about 40% month on month. Yeah. It's managing that client expectation. I think we're really, really good at that. Yeah. I think we passionately give a damn as well. I think that's an internal sort of a mantra where we don't just get a client on board and don't really care about them. We want to make a difference to our clients' lives, whether it's uh, whether they're um, in the marketing department or the business owner or whoever it is, we want to make a difference to them. One area that has obviously been a bit of a challenge for many businesses uh, is over the last 18 months or so is the recent pandemic. So how would you say you have overcome that period in business i think in business you have to have you have to prepare for the best and also prepare for the worst and so knowing that if things did go badly i wasn't overly going to impact a young team and sort of start upsetting their lives and enable enabling them some continuity gave me tremendous peace of mind i then think i went into a period where i probably just sulked for about two months because i was just like i've worked 10 years to build this up and i've just seen this beautiful thing that i'm trying to create and manifest and bring into existence just go to hand in a handbasket and um i think after that um it was the least busy that i'd been personally mm. for like in since i started but i've always worked tremendously hard and in that period there just wasn't enough stuff for me to do it's like all just ticking on quite simply 
new business was dead. It was like being in the middle of a like vortex or something. There was just nothing going on. Mm, yeah. And I think it's at that point that I think for me, the biggest sort of um, thing that I had to do was I knew that I needed to get back to it and step up. Mm. But then also I knew that what I had done previously um, in terms of my role, I needed to actually change that. And so I think I had to then sort of start trying to step out and be a little bit more visible and present and that kind of thing. And so I took some advice from, you know, a few experts in our industry, Spencer Gallagher at Cactus and the guys at Jago that we'll talk about in a bit, I hope. Yeah. And um, I started, so with that sort of top level support and encouragement and guidance, what I've then been able to do is step outside my comfort zones and, you know, try and sort of you know, push on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So away from business and obviously leading climbing trees, but for yourself, how much of an impact did the pandemic have on you and obviously your family? I think in terms of the family, so thankfully we've got we've got to be grateful for the fact that you know everyone has been sort of fine throughout the pandemic. Um, I think for me, that it was the worries about the team. The thing we made, uh, my, my girlfriend has really bad asthma. And so from very early on, I had to treat it like I had asthma. So I wasn't going out, wasn't doing stuff. And so I sort of think that, you know, I just, I tried to maintain a perspective where I focused on what I had to be grateful for. The fact that people were healthy, the fact that we could put food on the table, the fact mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we do have a good quality of life and to main focus on that. And I think that then sort of allowed me to feel somewhat buoyed. So I think, you know, personally, we've done all right. And I think if that's our generation's Second World War, they were lads your age, um, probably probably not my age, other probably in Dad's Army or something. But I think it's, um, you know, there are people like us who have been going into battle with guns and like having limbs blown off and all this kind of stuff. If all we've had to do is stay home for 18 months, I think, yeah. you know, we can count our blessings for that as well. Yeah, definitely, completely agree. Uh... What have been some of the more personal setbacks that have impacted you that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Yeah, and so there's two that particularly stand out for me. And um, the first is, you know, my poor old mum died about um, three years ago. And me and my sister, so I was running a business. I've got twin boys. They would have been two, three. Properly lively. They're like forces of nature. Never listen to me. Always do what they want. Never do what I want, um, what I ask them to. And, um, you know, they're proper little boys. And then my yeah, mum my was at the end of her life and me, me and my sister had to give her palliative care towards the end of her life for six months or so. And my sister probably actually did a lot more than me. So my sister probably did 70, 80% of it. I'd go over there and sort of spend time with her and look after her. And um, yeah, that was tough. It, was, it is tough seeing, you know, I don't know what you, your relationship with your family is like, but my mum, she was from the Highlands of Scotland. She was, I'm six foot three. She was like five foot two. So it's really little, but yeah. she's got this force. She had this force of personality where she was just like, what they call it, like iron fist in a velvet glove. Yeah, she was yeah. just sort of like really, really strong sort of personality. And to see her um, almost just fade away at the end of her life was absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And so doing that, whilst trying to keep up in the business, look after the twins, it was the, quite a complex sort of situation emotionally. That was tough. And that was tough. And there's times I'd be driving down there at the same time. I don't know. Um, um, but anyway, you know, there's some other bits and pieces going on where a very dear friend of mine, a farmer that I know, um, he had, um, it was also diagnosed with cancer and they ended up having a stroke. And so it was just sort of like, things were tough. I was just sort of like, just want to catch a, 
uh, break, really. Mm. That's what I, um, and so I don't know, with the support of the, the team here stepped up, they looked after me. Um, you know, my girlfriend and the boys were always there, and so they were a bit of uh, relief. And so, yeah, we need to just sort of get through it. And then time does its thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that was tough, man. That was like, you know, a really sort of tough situation. Then I think the other thing that I thought about when, when you asked this question was, you know, ne- probably it's actually one month today, right? It'll be 20 years since I've last um, had a drink. Right. And so I'm 46 now. So that shows that at 26, I had some quite um, serious questions. I said, how old are you, Mark? Uh, I'm nearly 30 now, yeah. So at 26, I had, um, I'd worked at some of these top agencies. Um, I parted very, very hard, got to a lot of mischief, got into a lot of scrapes. And um, I was out of shape and I wasn't the kind of person I wanted to be. Um, you know, I'd failed in a lot of ways. I'd had these tremendous opportunities of working on fantastic accounts, fantastic businesses. Mm. And um, I just messed the whole thing up. I just messed the whole thing up by partying hard, drinking too hard and getting up, up to all kinds of no good. And so I sort of decamped back to my parents, age 26. Um, I was sort of faced with some pretty big decisions in terms of the direction my life was going to go in. And so, yeah, I sought some help and then I went to a self-help group. So, you know, that's something that I still sort of go where I give support to other people and then get support as well. Yeah. And so next month, that'll be 20 years. And so at 26, I thought my life was over. I thought I'm never going to be able to sort this out again. Mm. Yeah, um, fair play, fair play to you for you know giving up the that kind of lifestyle and you know setting out to uh, with, like I say with the with the climbing trees movement. And you know it's in 10 years of business that that's something to really admire. Uh, whether you're in the digital marketing industry or whatever in industry you're from, you know it's, it's it's great to see sort of people changing their lives in in such a positive way. Absolutely. And, I put, and the testimony is I've just put the effort in and then it's just listening to the sort of support and guidance of others. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the cool thing for me. Yeah, I, f- I think one thing I've kind of noticed with you is that, you know, personal relationships mean quite a lot to you, whether it's, you know, your, your family, your close family, or whether it's, uh, you know, work colleagues, you know, the people that work for you, you, you know, you appreciate, you fully appreciate. Um, and I think that's a really good trait to have in a person, you know, appreciating what people do for you and what you can do for others. Um, so I think that's a massive thing and something that I've always noticed in you. So, you know, of course, you're not just a business owner, you're also a parent. So talk to us about that important role of being a father and juggling that work-life balance. And it, ha- and it absolutely has been a juggle. So um, we had twins in February 2016, um, my girlfriend was quite poorly to begin with. And so I was suddenly, I'd never changed the nappy, comforted the baby, put a baby to sleep. And then suddenly I had twins and, um, yeah, my poor girlfriend was very poorly. And, um, I, you know, I've never been as sleep deprived or as tired as I would, was during that period. I've probably never been as grumpy, um, either. I'm not, I'm terrible. If I don't sleep or eat, I get, I'm a proper sort of like toddler. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so, it was yeah, absolutely baptism of fire. And I think I have, um, I think it's something where, you know, that role has changed me more than I know. And there's a, I think I'm probably a little bit more laid back, but a little bit more focused on the longer term as a result of becoming a dad. And I think for me, I 
you know, I still work very, very hard, but I'm very present. So it's like today, it's the, the twins' first day at their new school. And so I was there getting them ready, getting his shirts, putting ties on, doing all that kind of stuff, encouraging them, talking to them about are they going to meet new people and that, that kind of thing. Mm. And so it's the best thing, you know, twins are the best thing in my life. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave at half, work at half five today, be home. We'll do supper, bath time, bedtime. I'll read them some stories and that'll be us done. Yeah. And so I think that's tremendously important to me to be present. And I'd probably forego picking up a few new accounts if it was at the expense of that. So I'd rather just sort of remain sort of visible because I think it's important. Um, I think for me, sometimes you've got two competing forces. So I work hard. I come in at eight most days. I work like straight through till half five. And um, there can be the, you know, what it's like in a working day. You can take a number, you have ups, you have downs, you have good news, you have bad news. You've got things go well, things don't go well. You've got stresses. And you say if this competing sort of maelstrom of um, emotional forces and you go home, you've got the twins and they're just sort of like bright as anything, mm. proper sort of up for everything. I'll go in tonight, they'll be about, I don't know, Lego, Batman, they will be friends they've met at school, what they've done, all that kind of stuff. And so you've got these two competing forces. So what I've taken to doing is before I go in the house is I just stop, I try and reset, focus, put a smile on my face and then engage. And it's yeah. almost just like trying to leave the stresses at work because I found I was making mistakes where if I had a bad day at work, I'd, if I, well, I've got two dogs, but it's almost like I go home and want to kick the dog or something because I had a bad day. Yeah, I've never done that. Um, but it was that kind of attitude that I had, and I just need to make sure that um, I remain a sort of positive, um, emotional sort of um, energy in the house almost. being visible on a completely kind of different level i mean you know you're always active on on linkedin with with valuable insights and honest opinions so i've seen that you've been previously working with ryan and steve at jago as you mentioned earlier uh, two guys we recently had on our podcast talking about their own life lessons and specializing people behind their brands but how important is personal branding in this day and age from your point of view would you say i think the, you know, there's better people than I to speak about personal branding. I've listened to people like Steve and Ryan at Jago and work very, very closely with them. Um, and there is a, you know, in marketing, there's always something, there's a tactic which is um, very, very popular. And so I think personal branding is one where there are some early adopters, like maybe like five, six, seven years ago on LinkedIn, who have just sort of built up a real traction and momentum through consistent application. And I think for me, I had this thing where I wanted to do something, but I didn't really know what to do. I can be a little bit offbeat. I, you know, if um, I can be a little bit contrarian as well. And so if everyone thinks one thing, I will explore the polar opposite, not as a um, just trying to be a bit of an idiot about it, but it's just as a, um, it's almost like intellectual curiosity. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But anyway. So I was really worried. So I, what I thought is, if I turn up and be myself on LinkedIn, I'm just going to upset loads of people. There's going to be people turning up outside the offices with like pitchforks and burning and burning torches, <laughs> like trying to do me in or something. And so um, I think with the support of Ryan and Steve, um, you know, a lot of sort of introspection and working out this is who I am and this is what I want to talk about. And with their encouragement, I've then tried to step up. I don't think I'm doing it perfectly. There's people that do things a lot better than me. Um but I think what I'm doing is my authentic self. Mm. 
I'm not copying anyone. I'm not doing um, anything which is not true to who I am. And I think that's really important. So how I show up on LinkedIn is very consistent. So if you actually meet up with me and we went out for lunch or had a chat, it's very consistent to who I am. Mm. And so I think what I found personal branding has done for me is at the periphery of my network, yeah. it has helped that grow on the edges. Um, then within my network, I have a stronger resonance with them. And then when I meet people for the first time, they have a more accurate um, interpretation of who I am, yeah, if that yeah. makes sense, by some of the content that I've been putting out. And so I think the challenge is to, is to maintain doing that consistently. And I think, you know, what, it's what the guys at Jago always say is you can build trust at scale. And so, you know, I've definitely noticed that. And I think part of the whole thing, it's like um, I like to challenge myself. So I didn't know whether I could start a business and build a team. Mm. I didn't know whether I could, you know, um, get to where we are. I didn't know whether I could post on LinkedIn or record videos and do all that kind of thing. I didn't know if I could do podcasts. And it's just rather than like almost staying below radar or keeping small, it's then stepping across the line and having a go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. So I don't know actually whether I've answered your question, Mark. Sorry. No, you have. You've got to give these things a try at the end of the day. Um, and I know for a fact that Ryan and Steve work really hard uh, with their clients. Um, and, you know, I can see kind of the effect they've had on you because, you know, the kind of video content that you post, uh, you know, talking to the camera confidently, uh, looking down the, you know, the eye of that lens, so to speak, is, you know, quite a skill in itself to do. Um so yeah, it's. I think it's a massive thing, personal brand at the moment. Um, and I would not have been able to do that without the guys at Jago. Yeah, they are absolutely fantastic. Exactly, and it's as I say, it's it's because it's it's such a massive thing with social media these days, and you know people will go onto social media to find out more about a business or you know a particular person that they're going to work with, uh, especially in our our kind of industry that you know they want to know who the managing director, the founder, you know the CEO of that business is, uh, and they can only kind of really do that through LinkedIn. So yeah, personal branding is massive for that. If there's one life lesson from the world of business you could give to your younger self or someone listening, what would it be? I think for me, it would be to have the confidence to reach out and seek the advice of credible people that have been there and done it before. Alex, it has been a, a real pleasure having you on the show. It's great to catch up again and learn more about you from a personal professional point of view. So unfortunately, we have to come to an end, but perhaps you might like to tell our listeners, where they can find Climbing Trees online and some of the services you offer. Yeah, sure. So you can find us at climbingtrees.com and we're a search marketing agency um, offering like paid um, and SEO. Excellent. So my thanks to, uh, to Alex for another great episode on People Behind Brands. Make sure you follow us on social media at Podcast PBB and listen to our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. Join us next time for more life lessons from the world of business. But for now, I'll give you Mr. Alex Holliman. So that's it for this episode of People Behind Brands. I'd love to hear from you all. So if you want to get in touch, follow us on our social media platforms. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to our exclusive content now. Join us next time for a brand new guest on the podcast as we explore yet more life lessons from the world of business. We'll see you soon. Ta-da.